This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hi, this is Roseanne, host of California Dreaming, a podcast that brings you true crime tales from the Golden State, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 72. I'm Nick Howell. And touched inappropriately by Bobby Lashley's segment this week, I am Sir <laughs> Ian Dangerous. Welcome to the show. Uh, this, is, this was a pretty rough week of WWE TV, which is ironic considering the enormous deals that WWE has made in the last two yes. weeks. Well, we'll talk about that at the top of the show in our big news segment. Uh, but we just got to talk about what we're going to do on the show today. We're going to talk WWE and their major programming this week and and uh, try and get through that. It was rough. We try to be positive on the show. We, we definitely, there's a reason we watch professional wrestling, sports entertainment. There's a reason we watch WWE. Uh, and it's because of the good times. They're not all good times. No. And this is one of those weeks where we're going to have to critique the product a little bit and just ask how some of these things happened. Uh, we also got to talk about NXT 205 Live. New Japan is is doing some great stuff right now, plus some other news. But uh, yeah, Nick, before we get going with the show here, let's start talking about the big news. 100 billion dollars no no no, no just just one billion oh one billion dollars well, who, who, who does a things in a billion dollars anymore it's 2018 one, one billion dollars Smackdown live has been sold <sighs> to fox in a five-year deal for one billion dollars oh my god so we were we our eyes widened and our jaws dropped when raw was re-upped by uh by usa by nbc universal yeah. For seven hundred and fifty million dollars, about a about a week or so ago, that was a huge deal. That's that's a ton of money. It's a lot more than they were previously making. Three times what they were previously making for both shows. Now they've individually shown uh, they sold both shows uh, individually seven hundred and fifty million and one billion each. That's insane. It's an insane amount of money. Uh, I was I was re- uh, reading the Wrestling Observer. And Meltzer was saying that uh, after the Raw sale, WWE needed to make a minimum of eighty to one hundred and sixty million in the SmackDown Live sale. After after NBC, you know, they passed on the first look. This uh, was in order to cover like what they would normally make on like no, ad sales. This, this is this, they're already way above what they were already making, okay. like their their previous budgets. Uh, they needed to make eighty to one hundred sixty million dollars, and at that point, they would no longer need the live show or the house show revenue 
to to be able to operate at their current standards. Holy smokes! Um, in other words, now that they're making eight times that 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 amount, they I mean they literally don't need anything. They are so far above the live stuff has just no meaning to them now. Or, or as far as financial, they can do whatever they want with it. That has a lot of implications, doesn't it? it if you're going to go from amounts. live to back to pre-recorded, right? Yeah, I mean, they they can do whatever they want. Obviously, so the speculation, obviously, people were talking about the lack of pyro was like the big obvious way they were cutting corners on stuff. Like right. we're not well. The part of that has to do with budgets, and if you're trying to make deals, you can come in and say this is how profitable we are. Uh, over a given time frame. So they cut the pyro and all of a sudden they're that much more profitable in that time frame and they're trying to get sold. Um, at this point now, once these deals are officially signed, sealed, delivered, who knows what we can expect if they will try to get a higher production value at, li- at live shows or if they'll just say, well, you know what? We don't really care if people come to our live shows or not anymore. It's only going to be a matter of, you know, if how it affects the, the lot, the product that we're showing on TV in terms of the audience interaction. Um, that we get from the live crowds. Yeah. They don't need to do anything at live shows anymore in terms well, of that much money. You could just CGI the audience into place. The only know? thing that it is, it's they just need to provide content. Now that's, that's all they are is a content provider. Uh, and they're golden. And all they have to do is just not alienate their entire audience and keep a reasonable amount of ratings coming in. And they're they're golden as far as money is concerned. Obviously, yeah. there's going to be a certain baseline level of product quality they have to maintain. As I said, they've got to be able to maintain the audience to a certain degree. But uh, but the other the other aspect of this is SmackDown is now going to be in some ways the higher profile brand. They're talking about in 2008. Uh, excuse me, 2019 uh, October 2019 SmackDown will probably be on Fridays on Fox. Now whether that means you know, network Fox TV or whether it'll be FX or where, where it will end up on the Fox networks unknown. But at that amount of money, you would assume they would have it be at some, uh, some major, uh, it would be a major player on their programming. Well, if you guys remember earlier in this year, I, I pretty much basically had a, I have an inside source at Fox that has pretty much hundred percent confirmed that WWE was coming to Fox. The NBC universal swerve for raw was a bit of a, Oh my God, that came out of nowhere. So I think the original plan for Fox was to have raw on primetime network TV and then have SmackDown on one of the other, like uh, Fox uh, FS1 or whatever yeah. one of the other sub channels were. Now that NBC has taken Raw, there's no reason for them not to put this on network TV. And it's a great spot to put it on Friday nights in prime time. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they shuffle things around because that means that in a lot of ways, SmackDown will become their A show because it will have the most eyes on it. So, yeah. you know, if you see superstars start, uh, the people that they want to push the most start filtering over to SmackDown. That'll be why. Yeah, and you've also got UFC going over to Disney or or ESPN more specifically now in part of this mix too. So it becomes a three way battle between Fox, NBC, and ESPN to for this kind of combat sports sports entertainment arena. I, I think I think this is going to shake out to be really really good for us as fans, and I'm I'm very excited about this. This is the first time we've seen this on like big network TV like this. Really, because I'm actually really nervous about this. Okay, I think th- I think that. On, I, I know what you're saying there as far as it having the higher exposure on network TV, but I think that it's also going to possibly build in a bit of laziness in terms of the product that they put out there. 
uh, because they've been paid now. You think they've because got the it's going to be sterilized in a sense? I wonder. And actually, uh, one of our uh, in our Facebook discussion group, we have a Busted Wide Open Facebook discussion group. Please join us uh, and and join in the conversation. Uh, one of our listeners over there, Derek Gator Guy McRae, uh, asked us if the Fox deal meant that uh, we would see a shift in storylines for fear of a more public backlash. For instance, he brought up the, the bullying storyline with Nia and Alexa. Uh, this week's Lashley's sisters. Uh, debacle whatever that was um <laughs> you know the, the 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 whole he called it the pinchasa as a means to appease the new audience by having more cookie cutter cookie cutter type angles i think he's referring to the fact that um they're having kind of sillier uh angles where the whole aj nakamura feud is just about cock knocking at this point right um and i, and I think that wwe has always had cookie cutter storylines they've always had silly crap like lashley's sisters that's just bad TV and just should have been killed in the boardroom, killed in the back uh, before it even got out to the main arena. The fact that they've already been doing that means that I think they'll, yes, that will probably continue um, because it's safe, because it's a safe thing to do. As far as like the Naya bullying storyline um, and anything like that, that's just a matter of, of WWE is, is now trying to appeal to the mainstream audience even more. It's not like the attitude social era. progressives and yeah, things like that. They yeah. cared about the, in, in attitude era. They cared about young male demographic. Yeah. Now they're trying to get everybody, whether it's pushing the woman's evolution revolution now, as opposed to eight years ago, because they're trying to capture a female audience and look like they're a progressive company, right? Whether it's the bullying stuff because they have be a star and they want to promote their own uh, charities, whatever it is, um, you know, partnering with Susan G. Komen, which is, by the way, if you really investigate them, is an absolute crap uh, organization. Right. Um, but they, it's it's their way of looking, at least on the surface, like a socially aware company. Uh, and so that's the that's the only reason that they do that sort of thing. It's not going to be because of being on a, this TV uh, station or that TV station. That's more about their investors, shareholders, and being able to appear like. You know, everything's above board with their company. So while this does have a bit of an air of, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen potentially being this way, especially since it's not going to be live TV, uh, I'm going to I'm going to do my skeptically optimistic thing where I, I see this as USA versus Fox and certain amount of money, A versus amount of money versus B amount of money. And I think when you've got the level of resources between those two, it far outweighs what you could have possibly done on USA with that amount of money versus being on primetime Friday night Fox with a billion dollars. Well, I'm, I'm, And I think it's going to make all kinds of good differences for the show. It, it, by contrast, I'm skeptically optimistic, or optimistically skeptical, or pessimistically <laughs> optimistic. Don't I, hurt yourself. I, it hurts. My brain hurts. It's, it's a lot to wrap your head around, but at the same time, I think that one upside to this, if I'm going to look at this as a, as a glass half full thing, is that this could be the first time we've seen a an actual proper brand competition. You know, they've said, "Oh, Raw and SmackDown are now in competition for ratings and blah blah blah." Yeah, they're on the same network. When they're on different networks, will we actually see brand competition where they're trying to outdo the other one? Are they going to try and get better ratings on USA than they are on Fox and vice versa? That could be good mm-hmm. for creative because the the onus is now going to be on creative to make better TV without the really the the need to at this point they're they're paid they've got they got their checks um, so the the real uh, impetus to create good TV 
is really going to be within their own company. Like, do they want to outperform the show that they have on the other network? Yeah. And that's going to be the question. And it's going to be real interesting to see if they get lazy or if they take this as a reason to double down and make more compelling TV. Well, we're looking at uh, October of 2019. Did I hear you right when he says so we've got a good 18 months almost to really for this to become real? For Things this move very to slow happen. in the entertainment industry until yeah. they move fast. Yes. As, as you and I have found out in the last week, yes. foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, but hang on tight because there's more to be determined uh, around this deal. I think the fact that they inked the deal is a good thing. How things shake out over the next 18 months, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. just have to wait and see. Uh, one more thing I want to mention at the top of the show. Yes. Uh, as of May uh, 24th, it has been 19 years since uh, Owen Hart uh, passed away in the ring. Uh, if uh, if that was before your time, if you're not aware of what happened, uh, Owen Hart was a massively talented wrestler back in the 90s. Very underappreciated in his time. Uh, a bit of a controversial figure. A lot of people still blame him for bra- uh, breaking Steve Austin's neck accidentally yep. in a botched pile driver spot. Um, I know Austin struggled with that personally. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, just very well liked pretty much universally and 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 an excellent technical wrestler. Uh, and still one of the greatest matches of all time was him and Bret Hart in a cage. But um, yeah, the brother of Bret Hart. So he passed away. He uh, During a stunt, he was playing a, a Blue Blazer character. He, he played a sort of a pseudo luchador character as almost a goof. Yep. And uh, he was supposed to descend from the ceiling at uh, Over the Edge uh, in 1999. And uh, his harness broke. It, he had a, a, a quick release mechanism on the harness and it was faulty and there was no backup. Uh, mechanism and so it the harness whole harness fell open he basically dropped from the ceiling onto the ring post uh chest first and if you were watching the pay-per-view pay-per-view live you saw it happen uh they edited it out pretty much immediately for the i believe the west coast even didn't didn't see it but um they had to actually call it on the show jim ross had to call it on the show owen hart has passed away and they had the show the show went on they didn't stop the show and they've only just recently now uh actually released that show back onto the network uh edited so that you don't see any owen hart and it's referenced at at the top of the show this is the show that owen hart passed away you know all respect and everything that being said one thing i wanted to to bring up when we're talking about owen hart and and uh, just kind of remembering him is that he's not in the hall of fame and that's mind-blowing to me. And a large part of that is because his widow, uh, Martha Hart, is very anti-WWE and wants nothing to do with them, has sued them multiple times for wrongful death and so forth. And even the rest of the Hart family is saying that she's being unreasonable at this point, but she is the major reason why he's not in the Hall of Fame and her politicking to not have him in. Um, and I'm I'm torn because you know she is, at this point, she's kind of the last like closest it's her and Brett are the last two closest people to him. And Brett's all about him getting in because Brett has mended his fences with the WWE. Yep. Um, I personally, if, if it were up to me, Owen would have been in years ago. I, I agree with that for, for you have to look at it objectively from what he accomplished, not the demise, so to speak. Um, he was fantastic in the 90s, and he was getting to that point where he was... I mean, if you look at it, right as about Stone Cold was about to just really take off. Uh, it was That was around that time frame. So He's he, one of the reasons he didn't take off as I, fast as I understand, I understand that. <laughs> to, yes, to be fair. But I, I, there's what he accomplished in the WWE, I think he absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. As far as as Martha goes and the rest of the uh, the Hart family, even the Nighthearts and all of those, so I 
Natalia's had a great career. Uh, Anvil Nightheart's had a great career. I mean, there's there's no reason to not include all but the entire Hart family in the Hall of Fame at some point. Uh, you know, Natty's going to wrap up her career sometime in the future. Every single member of that family has had a direct impact on the WWE and deserves to have a spot in that hall. Absolutely. Of Everyone who went through the heart dungeon and, and, yes. and, and the stampede wrestling in Calgary, like that's been a huge, huge influence on modern wrestling, not even just WWE. So no, I think it's a no brainer for, for Owen to go in. It's just a matter of the obstacles that are out there, keeping him from going in. And uh, yeah, so just a good day to remember him. I'm, I'm probably at some point going to get me some, some chicken nuggets today because uh, <laughs> uh, just remembering him, he was not a nugget, yes. but uh Yes. I will have some chicken nuggets in his honor. Well, we got to do it, Ian. We got to go talk about what went down this week on WWE. It was not pretty. Oh, man. But let's start things off with Monday Night Raw. Uh, so I'm going to start talking about Raw by just talking about the whole first hour. They were able to actually weave the whole opening segment into being about an hour of material. And it started off with uh, Kurt Angle coming out. And being interrupted by the returning Stephanie McMahon. Yes. And I, you say yes. I, yes. I, I am, uh, I'm always torn when Stephanie comes out because, uh, you know, on one hand, she is a fantastic performer and she yes. does, man, she gets heel heat with me more cleanly than anybody else <laughs> possibly can. And part of that's because it's, it's genuine heat. Like there's, there's aspects of who she really is and, and how she portrays her character that I'm, I just don't agree with from a creative standpoint. But that being said, she is great. She's, She's great at being the bad guy. She's really, really, really good at being the bad guy, making you just hate her. Uh, and that was the case here where she came out and uh, ran down Kurt again and ended up uh, questioning his decisions on Raw and questioning how he was treating the big dog, Roman Reigns. Yeah, look, Kurt Angle had been started to get it a little bit long in the tooth. We were getting into a repetitive thing. Roman Reigns was running wild and running rampant backstage, so we needed Stephanie McMahon as the commissioner, as the figurehead, to come in and set things straight. It was so logic. It was a welcome return. There was me. logic. There was logic there, and I, I did not mind the segment. The only thing I, I, I'm still questioning is the fact that they continue to go with this Roman Reigns versus the authority angle. Well, we've never seen this again. Never seen this before is <laughs> right. the, the authority coming in and running down the, the big guy. So uh, here we what, are again. Five years maybe since Daniel Bryan's run in with the authority. Uh, you know, and not all even that? Daniel Bryan. It's been like a, a versus the authority thing. I, as long as we can remember, even even Jack Tunney back in the day. <laughs> uh, but this is, the you know, fine. This was fine. Roman did not give the best promo. Not surprising this, but it was it was all fine. Here's where it got weird. Kevin Owens came out for some reason to uh, to say, hey, Stephanie, I like you. You like me. I don't like Roman. And that was really the only reason he came out. Like, it didn't make sense why he came out there. It does make sense. He came out to have Stephanie's back because Kurt started going and Roman started going after her because there was no. She, they were saying there was no reason to be there. But I, I appreciate that he came out and had her back and saying, no, he's been running rampant. Kurt doesn't know what he's doing. Stephanie, you know what you're doing. Which I'm, there was an interesting moment where he rested his arm on her shoulder. Yes. And she just gave him the look of death. That was the highlight of the yeah. segment for me was, <laughs> okay. was Kevin's reaction to that. I, thank you for like fig figuring that out for me, Sensei, because uh, Lord knows I couldn't figure out why the heck that was happening. And it ended up in, in a Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns match, which then Jinder Mahal came out and got in, involved in. And then Seth came out for the save. And then it ended up in a tag match. This is all the first hour of Raw. They, they were able to make an hour of TV out of this. Now, here's, here's the question. 
why? Why would they? Why did they do all this? Why have all this uh, confusion and kerfuffle going on with all of these with all of these particular guys? Is this going to a feud somewhere? We know already. We've got Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal at uh, Money in the Bank. Yep. Uh, Seth does not have a match scheduled yet for the Intercontinental Belt. Although he did not, he now he does have a match against Jinder Mahal next week. Kevin Owens just had a match against Seth last week and lost for the Intercontinental Title. So. I'm trying to. I was trying to figure out why I have all of this going on. So right here's here's my suspicion. Okay, Seth Rollins right now is the most over guy on Raw. Arguable, possibly, I, possibly I in the company. Yeah, possibly in the company. He's over as hell right now. People love him. So having him standing next to Roman Reigns gets Roman cheered by proxy. Uh, in addition, Jinder is one of the most hated guys on the roster. Having him stand next to anybody is a surefire way to get the other person cheered and Jinder booed. Unless it's Roman Reigns, in which case people just still can't stand him. Although he was getting a pretty good reaction in Albany this week. But hey, this is what I think was going on with this is having the Seth and gender thing simmering is to reestablish Seth, good guy, gender, bad guy. And then when you put gender back against Roman, that rub will still be on gender to make it even harder to cheer for him against Roman. Mm. That is my theory here. Mm. And it's maybe it's crazy theory, but that was the only thing I could think about. Uh, why all of this happened. So do you think gender's next in line for uh, the Intercontinental title opportunity? Is that where you think this is going? I don't know. All, all I know is that this open challenge thing, it's not really open. They're kind of planning it a yeah, little too far. they messed that up. They totally <laughs> messed that really up with Kevin Owens. Challenge. Like It's not an open challenge if you announce before the show, a week yeah. before the show, who the opponent's going to be in the open challenge. It makes sense because you really kind of do open challenges when there's not really a feud going on, yeah. and they just there's just too much to do on Raw, there's too many people that they already have established there and they need to start building these feuds. So it makes sense. I definitely like an open challenge more because of the surprise of who's going to come out and challenge. We could get some matches we exactly. didn't think about. But that being said, here we are. And it looks like Seth's going to be going to some sort of feud by Money in the Bank once we get through Jinder Mahal next week. And then Jinder and Roman can settle into their feud, which again is a, fine. Let Jinder and Roman have their feud. That's one I'm not really mad about because. I really don't care. That's and good. Go have Roman deal with gender off on the side and, and give me some more TV somewhere else. I guess in a weird way, the, the more I think about this now that we're talking about it is I don't really care. It's one of those things where I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed the theater of this opening segment of Raw, and that's what I want out of my opening segments on these big programs like this. I want there to be story between you know Stephanie and Kevin having an angle, and Roman and uh, Gender, and even Kurt Angle to an extent having an angle going on. No pun intended, but the. The idea of this whole big kind of theater thing going on, that's what the spectacle of it is what I want to see. I, if I just want to watch dudes beat each other up, I've got 10 different choices I can go do that on. Oh, which I sometimes, this is why I sometimes watch I prefer that. But but this but you know, you speak to a good point here, which is that when done well, this kind of larger form uh, segment storytelling where they where they weave the segments together into one larger bit uh, is great and it's it, it's engaging. It keeps you engaged because you don't know what's going to happen next. That was well done. The intention was there. I don't think the execution was that well was done that well on this. Uh, but that being said, it was a good shot. Yeah. As far as theater is concerned, we got to talk about one of the worst pieces of theater <laughs> in arguably WWE history. I mean, there's there is speaking some, of execution and all of that. Stuff. There have been some low points in WWE history which have been spoken about ad nauseum. But in the modern era, in the modern era, like let's say the last eight to ten years of WWE, 
there are some segments that go down as being the worst pieces of TV that we can, you know, in, in this modern era. Bailey, This Is Your Life is one that pops up. Old Day with Gallows and Anderson is another one. Yep. Bobby Lashley's Sisters with Sami Zayn is going to go down as one of the worst. It was absolutely abominable. We called that last week. Like, this looks like it's going to be really bad. Man, were we right. And unfortunately, they steered the ship into it. Holy shit. You know, it would have been fine if it was a thing that was just related to the interview that, and and we moved past it, and Sami Zayn called it out and made fun of it. Fine, we moved past it. They have a match. No, no, no. Let's take the entire Titanic of WWE and turn that ship right into this by bringing out some local talent and dressing them up as women to be Bobby Lashley's sisters. Or developmental, those poor guys. I mean... Uh, I just I can't even get my head around where this didn't get stopped somewhere. Yeah, who let all, this like go all the way up the ladder? Somebody had to approve this. What, which, multiple I would, levels. Can you imagine the Sami Zayn's stomach when he was given this script? <laughs> just the sinking feeling he must have. Oh my God, I've got to do that. Like, like I mean, seriously, <laughs> Miz Miz getting shackled with the balls, Levar Ball and kids on, and, and him trying to save that segment. Glad you brought that one up. Was but that was all. That was a that was a terrible segment yes. that was saved by Miz and Dean Ambrose. Yep. They absolutely saved that segment, and it's a very entertaining segment. And as much as I crapped on the balls in that segment, I I, I laid the blame at their feet. Sure, that segment didn't work because of them. This segment did not work because Lashley cannot act, and when he did come out, it was just awkward as hell. The writers are, I don't know what they were on. What kind of crazy pills they were on to have don't, come up with don't this? Don't do PCP, kids. PCP can't even explain this. <laughs> There's some other super drug that they had to have been on. I, 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 I mean, this was this is the sort of thing that you can't even see being done by like a, a, a high school student. All right, so let's let's really let's have a superlative sort of thing here. Is this, in your opinion, better? Or worse, God, I hate to say the word better. Is this worse <laughs> than Bailey? This is your life, or uh, does Bailey? This is your life still hold that crown? That's a that's a very good question, and I have a I have a solid answer okay, for it. Go. This is not as bad as Bailey. This is your life. I agree. Yet, and I <laughs> oh, no, that's and a good this, point. That's the thing is, it's a historical thing. Bailey, this is your life. You could argue is the flashpoint where Bailey was ruined on the main roster. Yep. It was the point where they buried the Bailey character beyond recognition because that segment. Uh, made it look like she was an idiot and they never let her recover from that. They never gave her her shine back at the end of the segment. And in that feud, even she ended up losing that feud to Alexa bliss. So she looked like an idiot coming out of the whole scenario in a kendo stick on a pole match. Oh God, where she that Vince wouldn't even use somehow. the kendo stick, right? She couldn't even win anyway, but the, this one, we have yet to see how much damage this will do to Lashley and Sami Zayn. Personally, I think they will both they will they'll both pull out of this okay. Lashley, I, I think, is fairly easy to to sell. I th- he should be easy to sell, right? He's a big, monstrous looking dude who can legit work. Um all you have to like just have him go out there and beat people up yeah. and leave. That's it. You know, his cocky heel character in TNA was a, is a great example. Like that's how you that's how you do Bobby Lashley. He's got the legit background and pedigree that you can tout, like Ziggler or right. Gable or Angle or any of these guys. He's got that there, and and instead of using that, we're doing this sisters. I'm more ah! worried. I'm more worried about Sami Zayn, to be honest with you, because that's he, a fair point. He was more kind of on a tightrope at this point, and his heel character is supposed to be this kind of annoying guy. 
But this is going to, this is like, we were talking earlier about Stephanie McMahon's heat. This is, this is the sort of thing that gets you X-Pac heat. Go away heat. Like, we just don't want to see you. Not we're entertained by you, but hate you. Yeah. This is, we just don't want to, we'll turn off the TV instead of watch you. And I, and I think Sami Zayn, he worked his ass off in this segment. He really did try. He was trying so hard to turn chicken shit into chicken salad. And all he got was chicken shit on top of a salad. <sighs> but at the same time, like I, I, I think it's possible to pull him out of this, but I don't see this feud getting any better after this. Yeah. So it, just, so, it makes you know. me pine for the days of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in NXT and how amazing all of those feuds <laughs> remember, were. Yeah, remember, remember Sami Zayn in NXT, how great of a character he was? Those were the days. Anyway, so we'll, yeah, history will tell if this is the worst segment of the modern era or not. It's it's not uh, Triple H banging a dead chick's brains out, but uh, it's uh, <laughs> oh, God. it's uh, it's up there. Uh, another segment that was pretty cringeworthy uh, was Ronda Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax had a contract signing with Stephanie McMahon presiding. Yes. And the second that I saw that setup, I just immediately kind of curled back in the couch and was like, "Oh God, please, oh d- d- please, don't suck." Um, it did. It sucked. Yeah. It, it sucked. There were aspects of it that I thought worked, and there was most of it that did not work for me. Um, I thought Stephanie played her, you know, her character well. With she's trying to stir the shit with both of them, saying, "Oh, this is why, this is why she doesn't like you. This is why she doesn't like you." Go, go for it, ladies. Beat each other up. And they did actually. The segment was basically to turn Naya into the heel of the angle. Uh, Naya admitting that she wants to make a name by beating Ronda Rousey. That's why she challenged her. Um, but that's really the only purpose of this segment. And the fact that it didn't end with physicality, just ended with a stare down was disappointing. Um, and the fact that they did actually call out the controversy about the fact that Ronda Rousey is jumping the entire roster to get into this championship match so soon calling it out and not really giving a good explanation for it. Just kind of like, yeah, well, that's just how it works. No, it doesn't. No, it isn't. Well, but it is. That's the thing. Well, I, I like the There's anomaly. No apologies. Of, I like the anomaly of Stephanie being here to preside over this because it gives you that, you know, screw you. I can do whatever I want kind of thing that she is known for. And I, and I did like to talk to that. I did like the fact the way that they referenced Rhonda and her recent history. Yes. Just the brief Rhonda going, how's your arm Steph? And Steph going, it's great. It's great. I forgive everybody for everything. See, <laughs> I'm a good right. leader. I like that. I, you know, as much as I, <laughs> as much as I really don't like Nia, as much as I really don't like the whole bullying angle to begin with. And as much as I don't really have that much respect in the WWE yet, for Ronda, I've been open open about that. Yeah, I mean, the combination of these two has just compounded that exponentially. <laughs> and this is where I want to come down on this. You have all of this amazing talent on this roster, and the two people you pick are one that hasn't even really had a legit clean women's match yet, and the one that is, you know, from my perspective, yes, there hurting go. people. Uh, so, oh God, this is so. Th- this is gonna be. This is not gonna be a pretty match. There's no real reason to build for this. There's no anticipation for it. I could care less. And I did like how the in this segment they called out some of those things. How you know Nia just had a match that went 15 minutes against Little Alexa Bliss, like she couldn't even beat her. Right. Uh, they called out the fact that Ronda Rousey has not yet had a singles match, and her first singles match will be for the championship. They did reference all of that, and that that did work for me. The fact that they almost kind of gave a nod. To the criticisms of the uh, criticisms of the angle, which means that in my head, I want to say that they're 
they're aware of it and they're still steering into it because they're, they, they have a bigger purpose. There's something here that we might not be seeing. Obviously, it's a coin flip. It's WWE. I don't know if that's the case. Um, if this is a transitional thing to get Ronda and Alexa Bliss in the ring, you've got me. Okay. Uh, but well, yeah, so possibly wait and see where this is going yeah. is what I'm saying. If this ends up with Ronda Rousey and, and Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam for the women, Raw Women's title, well, you've got my attention. And I'll be shocked if Ronda wins this because that would really be jumping the gun a lot. There's one thing that we agree on. I don't think this will be a pretty match. I don't. I, I like to hope that much like the WrestleMania match, they'll rehearse it enough that it'll end up, you know, feeling a bit sterile, but at the same time, well executed, well executed. That's what I'm hoping for from this match. But uh, I think that's about the best we can hope for. Basically. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm looking at glass half full. What is it? Uh, Optimistically, uh, pessimistic, optimistic, skeptical, opti, whatever. Let's (laughs) speaking, speaking of looking at glass half full, let's talk about my favorite segment of raw this week. Let's talk about the good things. Let's be happy. Braun Strowman moment for well no there was a couple of good things this this week it was not all doom and gloom we're through the worst part of it that was the worst of it where it's all it's all uphill from here mostly mostly Braun Strowman versus Finn Balor this was great yeah this was the kind of you know what this match reminded me of is and this is hear this all the time reminds me of when I was a kid watching wrestling it did it did remind me of that because it was two characters that I like that I'm that I'm invested in who they've, they've got a reason to, they don't really have a reason to fight, but there is, there's implications to this match. They're go, both going to be in the money, in the bank match together. There's stakes. There's stakes to it. And they it was two very well-defined characters having a match based around how those two characters would realistically have a match. Realistically, I use loosely, yep. but you had Braun Strowman beating the absolute crap out of Finn Balor here. And Finn gamely fighting back the entire time. Braun not taking seriously at first, giving loose pins, pinning him with his foot, pinning him with one hand, that kind of thing. And then Finn continuously taking openings and putting big hits on Braun to the point where at one point they're outside the ring and Finn ends up, you know, tossing him over the barricade. Well, and Braun starts to do his run around the thing like he's been doing with Kevin Owens, and Finn flip reverses it into a sling blade on well, him. Well, he, he's doing it like he's been doing with Kevin Owens, and now with everybody else, like yeah. it's becoming a thing as the freight train. I'm okay with that. Well, and we were at first saying this should just be Kevin Owens because only Kevin Owens can sell it well. I didn't and say that. I, I think I might have. You did. I, I did. I, I was like, keep it to Kevin Owens. Don't make this a thing. I, I take it back. I want it to be one of his signature things. It's. I think it's becoming that. Yeah. I think it's become that. He did it to. to to, to Elias before this match at the top of the ramp, oh, at the got, top of the ramp, destroyed it to Drew McIntyre last week. It's definitely a thing. Yeah. But this, I like the like you said, I like the fact he tried to do it to Finn, and Finn, being the smaller, smarter, faster, whatever you want to call it, wrestler, sling bladed him as a way to counter this new big move of bronze. He kept finding ways to come back. And it, like I said, it was reminding me of like being a kid and like my two favorite wrestlers are fighting. Jake the Snake's fighting Macho Man Randy Savage. I want them both to win, but I want them both to look good too. Like one of them's got to lose, but I hope he looks good in defeat. And Finn lost, but he looked good in defeat. Yes. He, he, he did. He, he was, you know, you're not going to take down the monster, but you can certainly put up a good enough fight to get to get the old attaboy. Yeah, you and, know? and he did. And this, and, yeah. That's the aspect of this I want to talk about is the post-match was that they did a good job of defining kind of where they're at creatively with both characters after the match where Braun Strowman had the opportunity to do the I'm not finished with you and continue to power power slam Finn Balor into the ground, but he didn't. He picked him up like he was going to and then put him gingerly in the corner and was kind of like, there you go, little buddy. Go sit over there. I'm going to put my arms up and roar. Yeah. 
So I, and I like that. <laughs> Define Braun as being a full on. He is full baby face now. He's full on baby face. Braun. Uh, Finn is still like the upper mid card, happy smiley like he go boy. You you know kind of almost like um, what Sami Zayn could be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the underdog who's got a lot of fight in him. That's kind of where Finn is at this point. And I'm not mad at that, really, as far as everything else on the main roster. Like, that's a good niche for him. Yeah, I like that angle for him. And, you know, it's a good reference. The uh, the scrappy little chihuahua that'll constantly keep coming at you, you know, versus the big, huge, whatever you call Braun Strowman. I don't even know there is a dog that size, but it's St. Bernard. Mastiff. Maybe. Mastiff. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the I, I love you guys know me. I love sportsmanship. So the idea of him sitting him over in the corner rather than continually power slamming him over and over again was fantastic. And you know, here I sit in my Braun Strowman T-shirt. <laughs> it's obvious that I'm a mark for him, but at the same time, I appreciated this show of of sportsmanship from Braun. And it, I think both of them walked away from this looking fantastic. You're a mark for Braun Strowman. I'm wearing my own band's T-shirt. Isn't that like a that's like a huge fashion faux pas, isn't it? I don't know. I I'm don't wearing I'm wearing a, a House of Rabbits T-shirt, and I because it's my own band. Like that's terrible. That's, I, <laughs> I should be banished to the court. Breezango is going to give me a ticket. Uh, yeah. So again, Money in the Bank the implications to this match. Who knows if, how this will pan out in Money in the Bank? It was entertaining. It was one of the best segments of Raw. And another segment that I thought was underrated was uh, the match immediately uh, before this one was Elias versus Bobby Roode. And this is a segment that I didn't like this feud when it started, and then I liked it, and then I didn't like it. And now I think I might be liking it again because I I liked this match. It was kind of a nothing match, and Elias won clean. But uh, because Bobby, I guess, tweaked his leg or something. I don't know if this is going to go anywhere, but... I don't know. I didn't mind this match. It was. It, it don't think it meant anything. No. Well, there's no stakes involved, obviously. Maybe but it's I mean, because just by contrast to like Lashley and the Nia segment, I was like, oh, thank God, a match, yeah. and it's being worked well. Actually, that might two be. big guys wrestling each other. Like, yes, okay, now we can watch TV again. Yeah. No, it it, it, <laughs> it just felt like a match, and it was fine. The best part of, of this this entire thing, in my opinion, was after Elias uh, wins, he's walking back up the ramp, hobbling back up the ramp gingerly. And Braun Strowman just comes out of the out of gorilla That's like what a freight saying, train yeah. and just levels you, I, him all the way across the stage. That that was what I wanted to. So call nice, out. you got to talk about it twice. Yes. Uh, so now this is the thing: if you just watch Hulu, that was the raw that you saw, yep. right? Mostly made up of really cringe-inducing TV. What's what? And I really hope that everyone got to see the live version, the actual version of Raw, the three-hour version, because there was a lot of other good stuff on there. We had Ember Moon. Uh, had a great match against Alexa Bliss in which she won. She picked up the victory. Um, That's a big deal. Which is a big deal. I mean, they, they're all about momentum and WWE. Well, that going to Money in the Bank, beating the ex-champ, that's a big momentum builder right there. It makes and it, my gears start turning for the Money in the Bank ladder match uh, uh, coming up in a few weeks. I've got my speculations, too, and it's got yeah. nothing to do with either of these women. But uh, but this was a good match. Um it, Baron Corbin versus No Way Jose, it was kind of nothing. It was just there. But uh, at the same time, I would rather watch that any day than than the Lashley segment. <clears throat> if we're talking hey, about the, that, we mentioned Facebook earlier. There was an idea that was brought up on Facebook that I thought was fun. Uh, no way, Jose versus Baron Corbin in a hair match. Now that would be fun. What the loser has to shave their head. So which one? Who would better? Uh, let's just fantasy book. Who would come out better with a bald head? I don't even know. No if way, I'm, Jose or Baron Corbin. Well, I, I think you'd you have just to wait sh- five years and say Baron. That's Corbin. That's what I'm right. saying. You, you shave No Way Jose's head because Baron Corbin's going to be bald in a year <laughs> anyway. So 
That's are we know. ever going to see anything like a hair? I mean, obviously we're seeing kendo on a stick matches and kendo stick on a pole matches. And what was the what was the meme that they posted on in the Bustle Wide Open Facebook group a week or so ago? It, the, was, it was Venom, the the symbiote. Baron uh, Corbin's like doing like a half sit up off the mat, and his hair looked like a symbiote was climbing onto his Venom, head. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, another match that was not on uh, Hulu. Dolph Ziggler had a had a great promo backstage with Chad Gable, and Chad Gable and he had a match that was a great match, very fast and. Gable got beaten down afterwards by uh, by both uh, Ziggler and McIntyre. Um, I want to actually talk at this point. In the notes, I initially had it later. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump the gun here because it's Chad Gable. Uh, the rumor is Jason Jordan will be backstage at Raw next week. Okay. And Chad Gable just had a feud with one half of a current tag team. Will Jason Jordan come back as a face and reform American Alpha? That is my question. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Should he, I should say. Uh, I want to say no because I want to ha- hold out hope that there's bigger plans for Chad Gable, but uh, those are starting to dwindle. Um, I'm starting to lose faith in the WWE's ability <laughs> to properly book Chad Gable. Uh, as he should be. Your rose-colored sunglasses yes. are, are, are falling off your face he, here? He's another v- young Kurt Angle in the late 90s coming up as a proper wrestler uh, and athlete in that sense. And there, he's, there's all kinds of upside to Chad Gable. But you have to book him properly. You yeah. have to get him into this stuff. He can't lose to Ziggler I like think this. commentary has even said if he was two or three inches taller, they would push him as the new Kurt Angle. I think his height's literally the only thing that's holding him back. His his strength is extremely deceptive. Uh, he can work oh, no. really, really well. He's got flyer and moonsault ability. He has all of the boxes You just checked. described the entire cruiserweight division. Sure. So, are you thinking he's going to cruiserweight? I don't. I don't know if he's going to cruiserweight. Like I said, I think. I think they might. I could see them reforming American Alpha. I don't know if Jordan's going to go back into the position he was in before so. as Kurt Angle's son, at near at or near the top of the card and bouncing around there because it is so full up there. It really is full at the top of the card. I think that would be a good way to help a faltering tag team division. Would be to have another team like that reforming the excitement that would happen. With the return of American Alpha, although I know a lot of people would be kind of rolling their eyes about it because it would mean that everything else that happened in the meantime was an experiment that failed is essentially what it would what it would what, what would come across. That I could would be see it be another on that. sort of shield reunion like we had last year where uh, Chad's oh God, get, no more of ha- that. Hang on. Chad's getting beaten down by McIntyre and Ziggler and Jordan comes running out to interfere and save him. Maybe it's not a full reunion, but it's kind of a moment. Oh, I see. You're saying like the, the Dean Ambrose Seth part of the shield reunion, right. the only yeah. good part of that whole debacle. Right. Yes. Then, I can see it turning into something like that. Maybe not going on to full tag championship status like they were with American Alpha, but it's as, you know, as friend, as besties running uh, in to help each other every now and then. Yeah, I, I, see I, think, that. I think if they're not American Alpha, keep them separate. Keep Jason Jordan heel. That would be that's my preference, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, that being said, well, a couple more last things we need to talk about on Raw. The B team, the former Miz Taraj defeated Brizango again. And the best part of their segments has become their ridiculous celebrations afterwards, including like riding the chair down the ramp and jumping in, in each other's arms. It's that is becoming their thing. And I wonder where they're <laughs> going to go with this because it is very over and the audience gets into it for a, a really undercard uh, match. Like they're, they're very over. So very curious to see where that gets pushed to in the next few weeks. Uh, and then lastly, uh, it has been announced next week there will be a six woman last chance gauntlet match for what? for the uh, for, for the last last space in the um, women's money in the bank match L- the latter okay 
So after I watched SmackDown this week, I did know that they, I did see that they still had one spot left. So one of these women, one of these seven women, are going to be the the last. Yeah, entrant. we we should we should mention uh, we we skipped this particular segment on Raw because it was kind of it was forgettable. What, yep. But there was a a uh, fatal four way match uh, which Natalia won. Yep. So she she now gets uh, put into the Money in the Bank match. She defeated uh, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, and Dana Brooke. Like I said, a nothing match. Right. Um, so Natalia's in. So there's one space left for Money in the Bank, for the women's Money in the Bank, and that's going to be uh, between Ruby Riot, Sasha Banks, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Bailey, Mickey James, or Dana Brooke. Of those six, who do you think's going? Is it six or seven? One, two, three, four, five, six. six. That's seven. So uh, uh, who's going to the Money in the Bank match? I'm going to say Ruby Riot. You know what? That would have been mine too. I think Sasha and Bailey cancel each other out. I don't think I don't think they pick one of Liv or Sarah. I think if they go with anyone from the Riot Squad, it's going to be the leader and Mickey and Dana. Mickey, maybe. I could see a Liv maybe. Morgan, maybe. I'll go Ribby Riot with a Liv Morgan, maybe. Oh uh, yes, because because you like Liv Morgan. Yeah, that's true. I do. All right. Well, that's uh, that wraps it up for Monday Night Raw. That means we need to go over and talk about SmackDown Live. Well, to kick things off on SmackDown Live, we've got to talk about what is my match of the week this week. Oh, on uh, all of WWE programming. All of WWE. Uh, yes. I'm going to go yes. I had wow. to think about that for a second. Okay. Yes. Um, for for re- Because reasons. And because reasons of uh, a storied legacy of two, I guess you could call them legends at this point. The, Absolutely. The, the careers between Daniel Bryan and Jeff Hardy, and the first time we're getting to see these two guys in a match after both of their storied careers going all the way back to the late 90s with the Hardy Boys and Daniel Bryan in the 2000s and all of that stuff as Bryan Danielson, right? So finally got to see these two guys face off in a WWE ring. I, I think in a ring? I don't know if they've ever faced each other. I don't think... I don't, they've, I don't they, know how they would have missed each other after all this time. I agree. I, that, and Crazy. That was like, so that, I think that was the big deal and kind of the novelty outweighed whatever went on during the match, but it was a really good match, and I'm hoping that it was foreshadowing for more things to come from these two guys because I, I would love to see these two guys just continue to have, but they're both just too facey over at this point. Yeah. Unless one of them flips, we're probably not going to see that, but man, this, this is this is me. In, in a ring right here, just watching this kind of wrestling. It was interesting to see how they worked the match to deal with the fact that, that Jeff isn't a young man anymore. And, um, and, you know, Daniel's having to obviously do the WWE style still. Yep. So, but it was still, yeah, it was very entertaining. I liked this match a lot. Uh, the real thing for me that I liked about it, besides the fact that Daniel Bryan, I mean, how did that guy go for three years not wrestling and come back with no ring rust is what I want to know. No kidding. Freak. Um, Here's the part that I like. Samoa Joe. Yes. Was on commentary for this match. And first of all, that guy is smooth as silk in the commentator's chair. If something horrible happens to him and he loses a leg and he can never wrestle again. Don't put that booty he's on, a, Joe. He's, that's true. Good point. Knocking wood. Uh, he, he's got a future in commentary. The yeah. guy is just an amazing talker. Uh, and just his look, everything. He's, he is going at 110% right now. And I cannot wait for Joe versus Daniel Bryan next week. We were supposed to get Big Cass getting sacrificed to Joe this week, but apparently at a house show, whether and we still no one knows if this is a work or not. Apparently, Big Cass is injured. Tore his uh, knee up again. Well, this is the question. The, you know, there's there's speculations that it's legit because it looked like they had a pro a program going for him this week, 
And the fact that they didn't really, I mean, they're, they're retroactively saying the injury happened because of the heel hook Daniel Bryan put on him last week. But obviously that, that wasn't the case. He apparently got it at a house show in the middle of the week. Huh. Okay. Um, at least that was where people first noticed him selling it. So that, you know, we don't know if this is a legit injury or not. If it is, uh, you know, supposedly he's quote unquote getting his ACL checked out this week. If it's a legit injury, if it's a minor injury, okay, maybe he can get back on track. But, you know, between the possible heat he's got backstage and this injury, you know, if it's a big injury, the dude is screwed. He, he, I mean, if he's out for another six to nine months, he's done. He's toast. The reason I spent so much time at the beginning of this segment uh, building the legacy around uh, Jeff Hardy and Daniel Bryan is because they've never been in a ring together. The the opposite of that is Bryan Danielson and Samoa Joe have go. a storied huh. history of ring time together, and I cannot wait for these two to see what these two do uh, in a WWE ring together because it is going to be magic. Well, it's going to be magic in through, through a WWE lens. And this is the one thing that I always kind of caution people when you've got these outside of WWE feuds that everyone remembers very fondly. Yep. You're remembering it in a different environment. And WWE has sure. a very specific product it's trying to present. And they're not going to do the things that they do in these other environments. We're not going to get a Ring of Honor match from these two in WWE. We're not. You know, but that being said... Please. Could we still get an entertaining match that is amazing to watch? Sure, we Hell could. Yes, we are. We could. Just temper your expectations is all I'm saying. I'm not. I can't. <laughs> I, I just can't. Not with these two. Not with these two. Because okay, I, well, I know they're both going to work, and this, this is going to be incredible. Yeah. No, I, and I, I, I frankly, I'm surprised we're getting it this with outside of a pay-per-view. You yeah. Know, this is that kind of a match for me. Yeah. I think, again, they've ju- they're just so stacked on SmackDown Live. They can bounce a lot of these these guys together uh, outside. Like, again, you had Jeff Hardy and Daniel Bryan outside of a pay-per-view. Like, you're going to have a lot of dream matches going on on SmackDown Live. You know, it's funny. It's almost like Fox was watching the same shows we were. Oh, Maybe they watch the superstar shake they, up and watch them trim all the fat over to Monday Night Raw. No, we don't want Raw anymore. We it, want SmackDown it makes, Live. It makes, it makes Fox look a lot more savvy as business people. It's like, hmm, do we get the Lashley sisters or do we get Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy? Which one do we pay a billion dollars for? I don't know. Exactly. Uh, yeah, do we play for the show with AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, and Nakamura on it, and Jeff yeah. Hardy? Or do we pay for the show with, uh, with Roman Reigns? Uh, and Jinder Mahal at the top and of the card. Cha- and a champion that doesn't a, show yeah, up. And a non-existent champion they're paying <laughs> way too much for to show up three times a year. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we, we digress. digress. Uh, another segment that was uh, I thought had its ups and downs, but overall I liked. Uh, AJ Styles confronted Shinsuke Nakamura over what the stipulation was going to be for their match at Money in the Bank. So on this show, on the Busted Wide Open Facebook discussion group, we've had a lot of time spent on what should be the next stipulation in the match. I was saying it should be an I quit. We had people on there saying it should be, it could be hell in a cell. Cage or a cell, yeah. Uh, a street fight. We had a lot of people throwing in there. Um, one of the points I made in that discussion was it would be silly to have a last man standing match because essentially... That's kind of what the last match was. You can have a double count out in a last man standing match. If they both don't answer the 10 count, the match ends in a draw. We just saw that. If it's a now, if they make the stipulation in this, that one guy has to be standing at the end of this, there cannot be a double count out. 
Now you have my attention. Yeah. Okay. Now that's, that is a proper evolution of this feud. And you could then move forward into a cage match. I quit hell in a cell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I do hope that last man standing is not the be all end all of this feud. And we end it there. Cause that, to me, that it feels a little underwhelming yeah. at that point if they were to end it at this, unless they put on an absolute barn burner and make me eat my words, which so far, I hate to say it, this feud has not really blown me away. They haven't kicked it into fifth gear yet. And that's one of the reasons that I've been saying all along, I think this is going to run for a long time. This is not the last match we're going to see. Hell, this could go all the way to October with Hell in a Cell. No, it's, you know? no, no it cannot. It's not going to go to October. Jimmy Randy ran almost the whole year last year, Did and they Jimmy can't Randy run Nakamura. Ran barely and- three months by okay. the time. Like I'm, I'm just saying, like this is not going <laughs> to run that long, and I don't think that the casual audience would have the patience for it either with what they're with the product they're being given. We have the. I would, but I, I don't consider myself the casual. You're audience. not because yeah. you appreciate who Nakamura and Styles are outside yeah. of WWE. If you were just given this feud within the confines of WWE, and that's all all you knew about either guy, you'd probably already be bored by this. Yeah. And that actually shows in the ratings. It's one of the lowest rating, rated SmackDowns they've had. Really? Um, this, the ratings were down this week. Oh, man. So it's not Maybe setting it's the world on fire. Raw and didn't even bother. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we'll see if this, this feud concludes in their uh, last man standing match, or as Nakamura said as he stood on the table after beating up AJ Styles, last because he choked on his uh, mouth guard there. Yeah, it almost uh, spit it out like a grandma's dentures. <laughs> it was totally a dentures move. Yeah, it was totally a dentures move. Oh man. Uh, that being said, I, I did like the physicality when everything broke down and this, and they started beating each other up and uh, went out into the crowd yeah. and all kinds of good stuff. Going Jinsuke on delivered a mother of a, of a Kinshasa to AJ on the floor outside the ring for the for the ten count where he faked the ten count and then got on the table and screamed "Last man standing." Good stuff. Uh, overall, even though little couple couple little slip ups, this can go as long as it wants to, in my opinion. I I, I just I, this is what I want to see. Yeah, I'm not I'm not getting sick of this yet. I just I wish it was better because I know that if if you're not as invested as I am in these guys, it's you're getting it, bored. I'm getting bored. Yeah. I, I get that. Uh, the show started. We got to go back to the beginning of SmackDown and talk about the opening segment, Miz. TV, Miz TV, where he interviewed the New Day and tried to suss out which member of the New Day he would be facing in the Money in the Bank ladder match to very little to no avail. He basically got a bunch of pancakes thrown at him for his efforts. Shame. Shame. Oh, that was good. That was pretty good. Little that, Game oh, of Thrones that reference was good. there for you. There was a lot of good little references in this. This was... So I watched Raw and SmackDown back to back. Okay. And uh, I have to say, this was a tonic for everything that went down on Raw. Right away, I had a segment that it's not going to win any awards. Very average segment for like a week-to-week basis. Oh my God, it was head and shoulders above the segments on Raw. It was funny. It was fun. You had a bunch of guys who can who were charismatic, who can come up with stuff in the middle of the ring. Um, you know, go off the cuff. It was it was just lighthearted entertainment. It was sports entertainment, and I was sports entertained. And they did a great job of highlighting each of the factors of why each of the three members of the New Day, they took mm-hmm. their time with this. They, they went, went over- through all of it, and I loved it. This is what I've always wanted Ms. TV to be, and what it has really gotten popular uh, with me, uh, at least, is they take their time with this, and they go through the necessary motions to build up each of the superstars, because that's what this is for. 
That's it's to get these superstars known and over, and it's a quick little segment to let you know about the backgrounds of all of these guys. Well, more than anything, it's when Miz TV is is at its best. It's done with a purpose. It's not yeah. just hey, let me call somebody out, make fun of them, and then a, a fight starts. Right. It's something here where he has a reason to have them out. There's going to be a discussion between Miz and whoever is in the ring with him, and there's a purpose behind it beyond just, I'm going to kick your butt. Even though this did devolve into Miz saying, I can beat any member of the New Day one-on-one on any day, and then getting sent back out by Paige to fight one of the members of New Day, which turned out to be Big, Big e. e. Whoops. Um, although Miz did pick up the win because the bar interfered. And then next week, we're getting a Miz in the bar versus all three members of the New Day, which I'm in. I okay. put the bar with Miz, and I'm happy because they we've seen on Raw, they play well together. Yes. Um, but again, this segment was great. This whole this whole bit from the Miz TV, uh, Xavier Woods, Naruto reference, calling him Hokage Miz, which oh, I would, I'd, come nice. on, man. My, my, my anime nerd is coming out. I love that. <laughs> Uh, All he needed was like a little bit more spiked hair. Like yeah. if he had a little bit more longer spiked hair, it was it was but spot that, on. That robe was fantastic, spot on. But uh, no, this it was great. Xavier Woods, another guy with a future in commentary, when he was sitting at the desk uh, talking during the the match between Big E and The Miz. I mean, the guy can just talk, talk, talk. It's great. He's got a great mouth for it, great mind for it. Um, I, and I to go back really quickly, really quickly before we move on. Okay, something you said about highlighting why each member of New Day could or should be in Money in the Bank. Okay. What we were talking about last week is yep. who will be chosen, who do we think will be chosen, why should they be chosen, and me worried, me worried that they wouldn't call out the fact that Kofi, they've historically said, the other members of New Day have said, look at Kofi's legacy. We want to have him win the big one, and that was called out a lot in this segment is Kofi's got the history. Kofi's got the legacy that we have to look at here. Um, big E potentially has the big breakout singles career and Xavier Woods is Xavier Woods. Right. You know, he's a star in his own right in other media. So that's a lot of things to consider with each member of new day. And they gave us all of that information. Fantastic job. Have you noticed that Lana has been getting a lot of attention recently? Recently. When, when did she not get attention? Well, there was a period between like where she attempted to be a wrestler last fall and the whole Rusev day movement. And now she's back. And they're trying to bring her back as a part of Rusev Day, as a part of the faction, which I'm on board with. I think it's going to make for some interesting story. This week, we saw her come out to have a match against Billy Kay of the Iconics, introduced by Aiden English. I did not see this coming. Well, now now Rusev Day is a faction. It's no longer just Rusev with Aiden. It's now Aiden's the hype guy for the faction. And... I liked I okay so I'm of two minds about it. All I right. love it. I'm I'm all of, yes, brilliant. Do that. But don't mess it up. <laughs> no, not even no, I'd say it's already messed up because they've already shown us that Rusev is a heel and it is a heel faction. But yet this week they came out and made Aiden work overtime to try and make it a face faction. It's like you guys just spent the last 3 or 4 months basically pushing down the Rusev day chance and making people not want to chant it because they're heels and it's hard to chant for the heels in against the top faces. Yeah. You know, the most over faces and you're putting Rusev in as the heel who's here to rain on your parade. And so it's hard. So you've divided the crowd as far as Rusev day. Like, should we chant for them? And then all of a sudden, boom. Yes. Oh, Hey, now we're faces. Okay. Chant for us. Aiden had to hold up a sign basically saying chant for Lana, you know, Lana day. So uh, it was, Really, I don't know. I thought it was a dramatic shift. Now, if over the next few weeks, 
this continues and Rusev is facing heels and he's a face and the whole faction is face now. Yeah. Great. Okay. This was the flashpoint and now we're going to go face from here on out. Um, unless they have some sort of breakup angle, which I think is, I, I would hate that at this point where they finally seem to have found the dynamic of, of Aiden is the hype man who can wrestle. Uh, Lana cannot really wrestle, but she's game. You know what I mean? She's, she's plucky as she I, was in this I match. I think the, the idea that, that six, eight months later, they're putting her back in the ring, uh, is an indication that they might be putting her back into the women's division as a as a full-time wrestler. I think so. They, I mean, they, they probably it seems like they're done being mad at her for going off and marrying Rusev and breaking kayfabe on, on Instagram about it. Yeah. Um, they were punishing her for a while with that, and even down to making her you know debut as a wrestler a joke where you know she they basically buried her. Yeah. Um. So it seems like that's over, and, and- her she beat Billy Kay completely clean yes there was a you know some nonsense outside the ring and then they got back in and she hit her finisher and that was it and now lana is in the women's money in the bank ladder match right as i would say probably filler although if rusev day was holding the money in the bank briefcase that would be pretty insane i i I think i sent you a text earlier this week (laughs) saying you know Uh i could see this as, as being a thing maybe to say yeah sorry about the whole rusev day thing you guys go uh well it just really puts that faction on the Map. But it's, I don't know. I as wonder if it's over as it is. A little too that little. be a lot of fun. Too little too late, man. They should Maybe. have pulled the trigger at WrestleMania, if not before. But uh, that being said, yeah, this, we will see what happens going forward. All I know is that I don't know what Lana did for, since the, like, for the last couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks, she looked normal. She, I don't know what the heck their makeup team did to her this week, but she looked like a, a, a an orange. They had a My Little Pony hair stuck on. Like it was, <laughs> it, she, they started off her segment with her smiling into a mirror in one of two moments on SmackDown where women were smiling into the camera and it absolutely terrified me because oh. they did not look human. Uh, Does we'll this get, do anything for Billy Kay and the Iconics? Is it just whatever? No, they were just there. I, uh, you know, I don't think it hurts her really because there was a bit of distraction outside the ring. Um, I, I, I don't think it matters to the Iconics at all. They, they stayed right where they were, I think. That was my perception of how the segment worked out. Yep. Um, we also have to talk about another match. The Good Brothers had a number one contenders match for the tag titles versus the Usos, and they beat them clean. Welcome back, Gallows Whoa. and Anderson. Hello. Whoa. Beat them clean and fast, too. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to, to pump the brakes on the Usos after being so dominant for so long, or if they're... T- I, I think what it is more is they're trying to get Gallows and Anderson to a point where they could be a believable threat to the Bludgeon Brothers. Bingo. Because they just got a match. Now they have a match with them at, at Money in the Bank. So I think they're, they're trying to get the Good Brothers a little... Sh- Remember when they were just the worst jobbers on, on Monday Night Raw? Like, yes. they just could not win a match? Welcome to SmackDown Live. <laughs> with the land yeah. of opportunities. Yes. Uh, yeah. I am all for this. I, I think I'm pretty clear on record that I'm big fans of the, of the Good Brothers, of Gallows and Anderson. I think they have been... Uh, just unfairly shunned yep. their entire time on the main roster, and I think they are a legit tag. They're one of the like they're the legit tag team. Well, you know, they've been going around forever, and uh, you know, New Japan with AJ Styles and all of that stuff. So now, now we have a legit tag team going up and could potentially take those belts off the Bludgeon Brothers. I'd like to see them running around SmackDown Live with their comedy and their gimmicky kind of stuff 
at, with the kind of ego with the titles as well, I'm all in. Well, yeah, but they but won't the, win. Here's the problem, Nick. They won't win the titles. I don't know. They're going. I'm undecided. No, right. They're going to get crushed. They are. They are the sacrificial team. They are the uh, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable of the of the division now. Where they're oh, they're legit on. enough to get a title shot, but then they're going to get beaten down and put back into the mid card of the tag team division. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I and here's know. the thing. Here's the thing. Is that one thing that you hear about all the time on wrestling message boards and online and everywhere? Is oh, I, this person's underutilized. This person's underutilized. Here's the problem: it's a big roster. There's only so many titles. There's only so many people that can be utilized. And you know, to to a lot of people's points, as some wrestlers who are, have left WWE will tell you, there are some people who just don't put in the effort. Cody actually said this this week: is like, look, WWE's got a lot of people who fans think should be better than they are, and one of the reasons why they're not is they just don't care and they they just are coasting at this point um and there's only so many opportunities and there's only so many matches and there's only so many titles you're not going to have all of the people that you want to be featured get featured it's just not going to happen the best you can hope for is for them to be presented well in the time that they have and that's the least i hope for this week the good brothers got presented pretty well in the time that they had. There was an opening on SmackDown Live for them to go in. They were given the opportunity to go get the number one contenderships, and now they're going to have a title match at Money in the Bank. They're getting some shine. They're getting some looks. Will they be used well? I hope so, but I have the feeling this is just going to be a way to fill some time and get the Bludgeon Brothers a nice long reign at the top of the tag team division. Yes, but on a clipboard of check boxes of what what you want in a tag team they check every single box including the ones that the bludgeon brothers do not and i i want this is the kind of tag team that i'd like to see but i'd argue that's presentation i that's just a matter of how they've been presented by tv the bludgeon brothers could tick the box that the brothers if they wanted to do comedy with the bludgeon brothers they could the usos can do comedy the usos tick every box and then some sure so does New Day. Like they've got no shortage of talent. That's kind of what I'm saying. Is that really it just comes down to you present them in a way that allows them to tick the boxes that they can because they're that talented. Uh, kind of like the match we had this week with Naomi versus Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville has not had a lot of time to get in there and show off her ring skills. Yep. Naomi has had a while since she's really gotten in there and shown her ring skills. Now, Naomi's not, the, I don't think, the best storyteller in the ring. Right. She's basically a spot monkey. She'll go around and do a bunch of very athletic spots that look great. If she meshes well with her opponent, you can have a really good-looking match. And that's what this was. This was a really good-looking match where both ladies worked really well together. And although you didn't really have a good ebb and flow to the match, there wasn't really a good through-line story-wise, it was entertaining, it was fun to watch. And at the end of the day, I thought it was just a great piece to have in this week's SmackDown Live. And I thought it made Sonya look pretty good, even though she did lose. Yeah, and Naomi, Naomi does go forward to uh, to be in the Money in the Bank women's ladder match. Correct. And so that's going to be interesting as well. Yeah, the, the one thing I will say, the one caveat, is I said last week that Sonya works better when she can get out there and look like she fights MMA. And the more of a, a, like a wrestler, like a sports entertainer her opponent is, the worse she looks. This is the exception to the rule. I think, I think Naomi is the definition of a sports entertainment wrestler. Um, but somehow it still worked with Sonya. Yeah. Uh, they they had a good chemistry out there, so no, I, this I was happy with this match. And uh, the last thing that happened on uh, SmackDown Live that we need to talk about was uh, Andrade Cien Almas uh, came out with Selena Vega and murdered a twelve year old kid. <laughs> that that was really the extent of it. He beat this boy into puberty, is what he did. This <laughs> this this poor guy. It's not. I mean, here's the thing. He's actually a, a fairly well known Canadian wrestler. He wrestles in Smash Wrestling. Guy's name is Kevin Bennett. Like he's okay. he's actually a legit wrestler. Um, 
the actual the thing about this segment I mentioned earlier about uh, women staring into the, the camera and scaring the crap out of me. If you could get a freeze frame, I'm going to put it up on the discussion group at some point. The freeze frame of Zelina Vega's face at the beginning of their promo before this match is the most terrifying demonic thing I've ever seen. Oh, that's not nice. That, Dude, I I just telling you, it's nothing to do with like she, she looks, is a beautiful woman. She is, unless she smiles satanically into the camera. Oh come on! Oh, I'm gonna okay. get this. I'm gonna get this freeze frame for you. It's she stares into your soul. It's it's terrifying. I, and I let her. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, anyway, that's it. So Andrade Cien Almas, yeah, still looking strong. I'm very excited to see where he ends up. Speaking of dream matches, this guy versus anyone at the top of the card is a dream match to me because he's fantastic. Yeah. I, I love him, and I love him in Vega. Uh, so, yes, very excited. He's going to be going somewhere. I hope Sanity shows up at some point is all I'm going to say. That, that was going to be my kind of closeout question here was where are they? Um, we didn't really see AOP on Raw this week either. Uh, these these tag call-ups, I, I want to start seeing these because we're missing out on some good stuff. I hope that the plan guys. with Sanity is to have them get involved in the match at Money in the Bank. The like ladder the, match? No, the, the tag match. Oh, that they could come be out, good. They come out and cause chaos. 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 Yes, that would be lovely. Uh, well, guys, that wraps up the uh, main roster WWE programming segments of the show this week, but we've still got some more to go over. We've got a lot to go over. In the wide world of wrestling. Well, first things first, we're going to head over and talk about NXT this week. We started off NXT with uh, a match I know you were excited for. Uh-huh. It started with heavy machinery coming out at the top of the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's Tucky. And they faced off against TM61, who recently have gone a bit heel. They've been cheating to win. They uh, they put their feet on the ropes to try and beat uh, Street Profits. That, yeah, they, they for did the beat second street. time. But here they go again. They put their feet on the ropes and beat heavy machinery this week. You boys went down to TM61. Come on, Tucky. After a very entertaining match, um, and I think, here's the question: Is where does where does their feud settle? Do they keep cheating to beat a whole bunch of teams, or do they continue with heavy machinery? Does this come back to street profits? Where do they go next? I, I don't I'm know saying. because there's really been no interaction. Other, I mean, we had the match with Pete Dunne and Birch and Lorcan last week with the Undisputed Era for you know that wasn't even really a champ tag match championship match. I don't think was it? Was no, just it was a, setting up champ set up championship matches. They set up the fact that Birch and Lorcan will challenge for the NXT tag titles. Sure. And Chicago, but we have all of these other legit tag teams that are over here, kind of swimming around in this maelstrom of of tag stuff. But now somehow we've got Lurch, uh, Lurch, Birch, Birch and Lorkin. I'm going to just start calling them Lurch, Lurch and Borkin. <laughs> uh, over here now, they're going to get a t- uh, tag title opportunity. So I, I, that's what I'm curious about is. Street Profits, Heavy Machinery, TM61. Where is their... That's they've great. been over here. No, no this, is, this, is, this is the way it should be. With something the size of NXT is you've got the top tier, which is the, the people that are going for the championship. And right now it's Birch and Lorcan and Undisputed Era. Cool. Keep it clean. Just those two teams. Right. We've, we've narrowed that down. Then below that, you have the next tier, which is all the teams vying to be the next big team after that. And so everyone's you know, figuring this out. And depending on what we see on TV, that gives us an indication of who is kind of next in line. Right now, TM61 on this winning streak looks to be the next kind of squirrely heels in line. I have a feeling that at some point they'll get brought low by a face team, which will then go on to face uh, Undisputed Era in in the future at some point. That's my suspicion. But at this point, yeah, it's going to be a story. The story we're being told is twofold in the tag division. The top of the the tier, which is Birch and Lorcan, Undisputed Era. And the next uh, tier down is the tag teams getting beaten by TM61 through cheating. 
Those are the stories we're getting in the tag division, and right now, I'm not mad at it. I'm not either. I just I can't completely see the belts getting put on Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. It's because it's not going to happen. I agree it's not going to happen, but the believability of them facing Undisputed Era instead of a TM61 or a Heavy Machinery or a Street Profits, etc., I just I, I want tag teams to face tag teams. I, I don't I don't buy team. Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan as a tag team. What they had a great story, the build up where they had the, the matches know, against each other, know, and then they. I know. Oh, that's a great. Know, what are you? Come on, Nick. Come on. He, everybody knows Heavy Machinery deserves that number oh one contender God. spot. Oh, all right, the, the, the Mr. Mark Man over there is going to take over. Uh, we got to move on and talk about the next match. Kyrie Sane. Versus Lacey Evans. Someone else you're big on, Lacey Evans. Yes. And she showed why. This was another fantastic match. These girls beat the crap out of each other. Strap, strap the rocket boosters on a Lacey Evans. She's going far. Well, uh, She finally found her character and her gimmick, and they're finally giving her time. And I think this is the third week in a row she's had a match. Two of yes. them were with Kyrie Sane, and, the winner of the Mae Young Classic last year. And this is the best one. Oh, yeah. So you watch out for Lacey Evans. Uh, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. <laughs> Excuse me, Lacey. I deeply apologize. You are anything but lazy. <laughs> I'll let you sit in that. But uh, no, this was and this was definitely anything but a lazy match. Kyrie was flying all over the place. We did get some great fire from her in this match. We welcome hadn't seen a back, lot. Welcome back, Hojo. Seriously, wel- <laughs> welcome back. Some stardom wrestling here. Yes. This is this was just fast and hard hitting, and ended with a a great sequence where Kyrie goes up for the big elbow. It looks like the big elbow, maybe some sort of top rope spot. Yeah. And Lacey Evans with her new finisher, the woman's right, this big right hand, clocks her, punch, yeah. clocks her coming down and gets the one, two, and one, two, three. And I was totally fine with it. Like, I, I, if you told me last week Lacey Evans beats Kyrie clean, I would have said, what, what, what? After watching this match, yeah, cool. And I hope this continues. They, they actually mentioned the commentary. It's one and one now. And uh, hopefully we'll get a rubber match. Rubber match next week. I'm I'm down. I could yeah. even I would even not mind if this ran all the way to Chicago. To to Chicago. Yeah. I could see this being the show that they do uh, before Takeover, and then they get show the week after Takeover. You know what I mean? Where yeah. they finish the feud kind of early in the show. Yeah, I'm all, all kinds of down. Um, we also so Bianca Blair had a little mm, quick segment, like a tease of a segment next week. I, I think we're finally going to see Bianca Blair get get shot to the moon um, or at least they're, they're finding it to, to really go with it that we've seen a lot of her and they've almost done it, almost done it. Trigger's going to get pulled next week. We are finally getting the get to know Bianca Belair segment uh, in our Facebook discussion group. Uh, Derek Gator guy McCray wanted to know if he, if it will be anything like the Lashley segment uh, to which I said, dear God, I hope not. Uh, in addition, I, that's just not how NXT does things. No. You know what I mean? The the Lashley segment with his interview with with uh, uh, with Renee. Well, I want to qualify that real quick before you go on. Okay. There was a there was a portion of the Lashley segment where they did a video package about his background and his amateur wrestling and his army and stuff like that. That is that was legit as hell, and I loved it. And I hope they do something like that for Bianca Belair. I, I think what Derek is referring to is the sisters bit with the interview portion of that. So I really enjoyed that, the video package that they did for Lashley and before the interview. I hope they do something like that for Bianca Belair as well. Literally took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say is in that Lashley segment, they had the video package. That part is what I could see NXT brilliant. doing, where it's you got that brilliant production team that WWE has putting together the video uh, vignettes and segments. That is, those are the guys you want doing your bits. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not having an awkward sit-down promo like they did with Lashley. I have a feeling that if they do do that, first of all, Bianca will be able to pull it off more if they do have a sit-down interview segment. Um, but I, it looked like they had a lot of footage of her 
back in the day. It looked like she played a lot of sports, some basketball, some track and field. There was a lot of pictures with trophies in high school and collegiate <laughs> athletics and things like big, that. big, heavy things. Right. But yeah, no, I think that's what it'll be. It'll be more of a, a legitimate <laughs> production uh, and less of a cringeworthy snooze fest as we had with Lashley. And we definitely are not going to see uh, Bianca's three brothers in the ring uh, getting getting beat up by, I don't know, Shayna Baszler. It's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, Velveteen Dream and Ricochet team up in a two-on-one handicap match against Lars Sullivan this week. Oh, we were hyped for this. Oh, we were hyped for this. Oh, man. That yeah, and, new silhouette thing they're doing to intro uh, Lars is fantastic. Yeah, and, and I, Ricochet, for that Ricochet's matter. Ricochet's entrance is great. Velveteen obviously has a great entrance. All of these guys are they're the total package at this point, as far as I'm concerned. These guys are all ready to go already yeah uh by the way i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but um with season four of lucha underground coming i'm really i mean i'm going back and re-watching uh season one two and three which is available on netflix so one go watch it are. if you have one and two are all three are all, all three, three are. are all three seasons are on netflix Ooh. so i don't want spoiler alert uh ricochet is prince puma in lucha <laughs> underground in case you didn't know and you will get to see some of the magic especially in season one of prince puma I, AKA Ricochet and some of the stuff that he is bringing to NXT in so. all in all three seasons, dude. Like oh, yeah. I, I, I know you're catching up, but yeah. let me tell you, th- there's a reason that, that I'm a huge mark for Ricochet, and one of the main reasons is not only his work in the Super Juniors in Japan, but also because of Lucha Underground. The guy is a freak, and this was a freakish match um, where it was just a, tons of spots. Them trying to cut down the monster, uh, really well paced, and at the end, Velveteen betrays Ricochet and leaves him to be have his bones picked. I don't know. There was a little. Sp- that nobody called out that Ricochet where Velveteen Dream went up on the ropes and Ricochet rig- wiggled the ropes mm. and I think that was what Velveteen Dream was trying to call out was say you betrayed me you screwed me after he did the Death Valley Driver on him well whatever it was Velveteen was definitely the one Things that very, apart. very aggressively yes. uh, left Ricochet in the ring it's one thing to punch somebody it's another thing to put him in a Death Valley Driver well here's the know? thing they didn't really explain what this match was for if this was for the number one contendership for the title or if this was for the opportunity at the number one number one contendership or what it was but Lars won yes so we could be seeing Lars Sullivan Alistair Black in Chicago we could be seeing I think we're definitely going to see Ricochet and Velveteen yes feud going forward that that seems to be the case here but where Lars falls we have yet to see I'm I'm concerned I'm I'm not concerned I'm wondering I'm curious is what the word I wanted to use whether he's going after the NXT championship or maybe he's one of Adam Cole's first opponents for the North American Championship because he was in that match and very involved in that. And you you have a good point there because he did say anyone wearing gold, you're in the path of destruction. So he could be... You know, he could swerve us and go for the American, North American one. And we've got two to three weeks to book. Uh, I, I would assume, I'm assuming at this point that Adam Cole is going to defend the North American Championship at the next TakeOver event, which is in Chicago during the week, weekend of Money in the Bank. So are we going to get Adam Cole defending the North American Championship? Because that's we haven't seen any build or any uh, contendership I hope so, but they that. don't need to. I think that Adam Cole should should have the belt for a while, and he's going to be the kind of guy, the character that that will just weasel out of matches. And they've got enough enough other things going on; they don't need to have that yeah. match. Um, one match we will get next week is Dakota Kai facing off against Shayna Baszler and trying to overcome her fear of the big bully. And is, this is will. a title match, is it not? It is a title match. I have a feeling it will be uh, Dakota guy Dakota Kai getting her ass beat again. Yeah. Um, but th- it, it's funny because I'm starting to see kind of like a, mm, almost like a Bailey-ish character they're doing with Dakota Kai, the underdog, the kind of wimpy underdog who's finding herself. I think she's doing well playing into that. 
Um, Baszler's a good foil for that. So looking forward to seeing where they're going with this whole angle. And with, I think, as we've said many times, the greatest feud currently in WWE, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, which was the, uh, the, the final segment of this week's NXT. Johnny Gargano coming out in a neck brace with his, uh, with his wife and uh, Candice LeRae and being in the ring and teasing, teasing a retirement. Saying I have to think about my family, I have to think about my future. I, I, the toll this is taking in my body it might be too much. <laughs> and mid speech, <laughs> changes his mind. Yes. Well, between uh, Champa, you know, the audience cheering for him and him just getting fired up, and he tears out the neck brace and goes, Champa, I know you're in the back. Come out and face me. Rah, 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 rah. Great old school wrestling promo and and build. Um, and the ginger, and gentle really, wife saying, don't do it. Don't do, don't it, do jo- it, Johnny. Think of your future, Johnny. Think of your fans. Think of your family. Uh, and then, of course, Tommaso Ciampa comes down and gets in the ring. All kinds of refs come out, uh, try to separate them. Johnny tries to get in the ring, break through everything, but gets knocked off by Ciampa and falls into Candice LeRae, who bumps her head on the ramp. And at the end of the show, we're left with Johnny and the refs screaming for help. Uh, someone please come out. And help poor Candice LeRae, who has now been injured by that bald bastard. His son of a bitch. Ah, oh, Tommaso Ciampa, you dirty dog. So now we've got the the emotion is back. The stakes oh, are back. back. It never it, left. It, I know, but it's just now it's, it's like, up. you you hurt my wife, you son of oh, a bitch. Like, God. Oh, God. He, uh, he hurt he hurt Candace now. Poor it's little just, Candace. Dude, just, they're, just when I think they can't add any more fuel to the fire, they do. This is uh, We <laughs> said it was going to be the best feud of the year, and so far... Oh, so far so money. delivering. Can't wait. Uh, I I have a feeling we're going to get a match at uh, at oh, Chicago. Yeah. Oh, oh I just, yeah. I just wonder what it's going to be. Oh yeah. And if they, if there's going to be anything left afterwards. Uh, moving on over, let's talk about two hundred five live really quickly. Not not a huge week this week. I think next week's going to be the big week. Next week we do have Alexander versus Murphy. Um, I don't know why they're not waiting for a pay per view for right? that. <laughs> I don't know why we're just getting it on TV. I think there's got to be some sort of swerve at some point in this match. I can't imagine the, the title changing hands randomly, but it might happen. I don't know. That's next week. This week, we had uh, Drew Gulak versus Grand Metalik with, uh, with uh, the Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher on commentary, which, frankly, I thought it was a fine match, but the commentary definitely made it. I, yeah. Having them just throw all kinds of funny references out there and talk smack to both uh, both Metalik and Gulak was great. They thought the the first album of Grand Metallica was fantastic. You know, <laughs> exactly. little digs like that. Great little lines. Yeah. It was fun and, and and a fine match, but you know, I just don't know where Gulak's going at this point. But Drew Gulak, Gulak is going at this point. We also had a, a squash match. TJP came out and squashed Christopher Guy who looks familiar. I want to say he's been squashed recently. <laughs> Maybe. He does he looks familiar. Was he that twelve-year-old um, that almost beat up? No, he would not. It would be it a been little bit ago. Show, right? I'm trying to think who it was that beat him up. It was Strowman or or who it was beat him up. But <laughs> he, he looks familiar. Um, this this seems to be an angle where TJP is now dissatisfied with 205 Live. And uh, uh, in the back, we had Drake Maverick talking about how TJP has been tweeting out that he's not happy with 205 Live and that he's getting disrespected <laughs> by management. This but this is a this is an authority angle I can get behind because yeah. it's a heel. Who doesn't really, you know, he, he's basically making up uh, reasons why he's be, he's basically whining, as you just said, yes. exactly, and that's that's interesting, and it makes me curious what kind of hurdles he's going to jump through 
because of Drake Maverick and what kind of actions he's going to take. Especially since Drake Maverick joined earlier this year and has basically, it's it's all on him for making cru- the cruiserweight division the Better. glory that it is today, right, over the last six months. So now, all of a sudden, to have TJP turn on, I guess what you would say, a face GM uh, who is very is popular. absolutely a face GM. Yeah, so now, all of a sudden, this is a great authority commentary where we're used to having it more of a Healy GM kind of angle Going against yeah. a corporate angle like if, that. If if William Regal is Doctor Evil, then Drew, Drake Maverick is absolutely mini me. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. So I don't really get just, that reference, but okay. Just with with less uh, brass knucks. I'll just I'll go with it. Less brass knucks. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, the main event was uh, Akira Tozawa versus Hideo Itami. This was a great match. A lot of strong style stuff in this. Um, I, I seriously like people under underestimate how great Tozawa is as a promo. Yeah. As a non English speaker promo, he's great. And then the two of these guys work well in the mat in the in the match in the in the ring together. They definitely bring some of the non WWE elements to the WWE, and I think that's what I appreciate most about both of these guys. Especially, and then you put them together and against each other, man, it all just came out. And this match was fan freaking tastic. And they were given the time to put on a good hybrid style match yep. where you had a little bit of many different styles blended with a WWE style. So it was, uh, I liked that. I liked the fact that. You had elements of a WWE match, but then you had lots of other things you could see getting put into it, and and it was fun for that reason. The crowd was surprisingly into it, um, which is nice to see. Yeah. You know, I always worry about two hundred five live, but yeah, good match. Uh, Tommy does pick up the win pretty clean, and uh, I'm curious if the feud goes forward. If he's now put Tommy, excuse me, uh, Tazawa in his rear view, or if uh, Tazawa will say, "No, no, I ain't finished with you." And, uh, and come after him. I don't so. think this can be done yet. I think there's a little bit more story to tell here. I agree. Um, but I, I don't know what you do with them beyond this feud. They had they had enough good heat built up to start this match yes. that I, they could absolutely go somewhere with it. So, yeah, very, very curious to see where this goes. But if we're speaking about strong style, let's head over and talk about New Japan because the yes. Best of Super Juniors tournament is going on right now. There's been four really strong nights so far. And my God, the amount of good wrestling is... It's hard to explain <laughs> to to you if you don't watch New Japan how insane some of these matches are, especially with with these guys. This is their mm, cruiserweight would be diminishing to call it that, but it's yeah. it's their super it's their super juniors. It's their smaller guys who do more high flying moves, faster matches, flippy shit. But flippy shit. But that's really I mean that's that term came about because of Ricochet versus Will Ospreay yeah. in the best of super juniors from a few years ago right. and a match that they had which was just nothing but high spots um this is this is is the tournament where you see these guys go crazy and there's a lot of guys here this year that are pulling out the stops uh ACH is having a great year so far Flip Gordon uh, is is making a huge impression and is already over with the Japanese audience. Uh, we talked a week or two ago about Taiji Ishimori, who got introduced as the new Bone Soldier uh, with Bullet Club. He's doing an incredible job. His opening match against Will Ospreay was fantastic. I was up in the middle of the night watching it and jumping out of my bed because it was so good. Will Ospreay, of course, always good. He's showing up big already. Side question for you real quick. Is Will Ospreay the hardest working man in professional wrestling today? If not the hardest working, he's certainly on another level this year. I, I, he's going to be in the conversation for wrestler of the year, and we're not even halfway done with the year yet. Yeah. And that's not just my opinion. That's Don't just take it from me. That's pretty much the general opinion is he is having a barn burner of a year with matches against Kazuchika Okada. He's, you know, uh, his match against Marty Skrull. 
where he almost broke his neck and then came back two weeks later and was wrestling at Wrestle, like WrestleMania weekend in yeah. a ton of indie shows. I mean, the guy is, he's out of control right now. Um, but he's not the only one in this tournament. You've also got uh, Hiromu Takahashi, who obviously we love on this show. He uh, He's having a great, ma- he had a couple great matches. He had one against Desperado, where I swear to God, they were trying to kill each other, which is what they do every time they have a match. Uh, but that match is well worth checking out. Um, quick shout out to Marty Skrull. We just mentioned him a second ago. That son of a bitch attacked Daryl. Yeah, that's not cool. That's dude. not cool, man. No. Especially when it's Daryl's brother in the audience being held by a fan. Yeah. And he had, he pulled out his fan's hands and threw it on the ground and started flipping it off Stomped and screaming it. at it. But luckily, Hiromu Takahashi is a gentleman. And he picked up uh, Daryl's brother and gave it back to the fans. So, you know, thank you. Thank you, Hiromu. Um, Don't do that shit, villain. Uh, Dragon Lee is over there right now. I thought he was injured, but he's killing it. Him and show are having a big feud. They're trying to kill each other over in uh, block B um, real quick. Just right now where it stands for some freaking reason, tiger mask four is in the lead in block a with six points. And then everyone else is right behind him with four flip Gordon, Taiji and will Osprey block B dragon Lee and desperado are in the lead and everyone else is behind them. But we're only, we're not, we're just getting started. Like the, the numbers don't even matter right yeah. now. Everything could turn around. I'm definitely going to be covering this. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of fun. I really recommend checking it out. And if you need some little WWE in your new Japan, then uh, you should check it out for Jericho, who uh, after a tag match where Naito was involved, uh, the lights went out and uh, Naito looked over and on the big screen, there was Jericho calling him out and uh, saying he's going to beat his ass at Dominion. Uh, if you've never seen Jericho give a promo outside of WWE, the boy has a potty mouth. Yes. He has a very, very Poor bad warning. Not safe yeah. for work. It gets a, <laughs> he, his mama needs to get some soap because he likes to swear a lot. Um, that was, it's a lot of fun and it's well worth it to see uh, something you won't see in WWE. Someone cuts a promo on the Titan Tron cut back to the ring and the guy in the rings falling asleep on the floor. Brilliant. <laughs> Cause Brilliant. he's tranquilo. I love Naito. I love Naito. Naito! Wait, she's here. Where, she's in the studio. Naito! That's just Carmella. Don't oh, worry about it, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, that wraps things up for that, but we've got some other news that we've got to go over real quick. Um, so we're going to rattle these off our quick little lightning round here. Lightning round. WWE pay-per-views are all now officially four hours. Five hours for the big four each year, but we're, we're sticking to the four-hour format, and they all start at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, that's what they're telling all of their providers right now is yep. that that will be the format going forward. It won't be three hours and we go over. It'll be four hours and we go over. Why do they have to tell anybody? Uh, why It's just on the network. Are no, they still they, selling? Are people still buying these for $60 a piece? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's any, any providers. Yeah, well, it's it happens. <laughs> and it also, you know, if you're if you're watching it in a uh, um, like a live venue, like a bar or something, they still have to purchase it. They can't show it on the network. It's oh, that's true. oh. Hey, can I do the next one? Yeah, can, oh, I, yeah. can I do the next you, one? Uh, yes, go go um, go, buddy, go. Tony Storm officially <laughs> signed with the WWE UK division. Oh, yes, yes. She uh, she dropped her title at Progress. Uh, she did retain the WXW champion championship, uh, but I see that being more of a anyway. Tony if Storm's coming to the WWE. If, if you're a listener of the show, you know there are three things that Nick likes. Braun Strowman's beard, Tony Storm, and Nia Jax losing. Uh, Tony Storm did lose her title to Ginny at Progress number 69, which just happened. Um, so she has not fully started doing the belt drop yet. She still has her WXW belt and her Stardom Joshi belt. Um, but uh, she has lots of opportunities to lose those before the Mae Young Classic starts filming on August 7th and 8th. Uh, we assume she will be in the May Young and 
It's both. She's both of our pick to win it this year. She is definitely my pick to win it, and that what a great, fantastic entrance uh, into NXT in the WWE. Yeah. Come come in with all the boosters firing because oh, yeah. she um, made it to the semifinals last year, two years ago. Yeah, uh, she if was. I remember she right. was almost in the. Yeah, she was almost at the end last uh, last yeah, time. Baszler, I think they got over. All right. um, but then, yeah. So she will. But she will not. She's already announced she's not going to be in Stardom's five star Grand Prix. So she yep. could drop the Stardom belt. Uh, that's in September. So she could drop it between now and then. There's plenty of time. Um, so we'll wait and see if she if the belt drop begins because that is a good sign that someone's going to go to WWE is when they drop all of their belts and. Uh, Yep. Hashtag be, Tony time. Could be a home. Here we go. It is Tony time. Uh, speaking of progress, uh, progress wrestling and ICW, uh, it's being rumored will now very soon will be shown on the WWE network. They've been talking about a lot of things. This has been talked about before is having progress and ICW, which are essentially at this point, um, they're, they're satellite WWE promotions. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're feeder promotions for WWE, uh, particularly the, the UK talent. Um, it's been in talks before that they were supposed to go down the network it might now happen because there are also talks about the network becoming uh, tiered, having different tiers uh, it's inevitable. for, for it's content. It's going to happen. Yeah, which is I think is I'm I'm totally fine with. If you want to charge me an extra two bucks and I get to watch all of Progress's current and back catalog, charge me two extra bucks. I'm in. Yeah. Um, and, and ICW as well. So. Yeah, so that, that would be very exciting indeed. You know, a few minutes ago we were talking about Will Ospreay being one of the the hardest workers or the biggest, you know, busiest men in professional wrestling. I got to throw a shout out to uh, John Hennigan, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo. Uh, I, he's all over the place. Not only has he been in Lucha Underground and he's going to be in Season 4 coming up, he is also in Impact as Johnny, some other John. Johnny, Johnny Impact. Johnny Impact. Johnny Impact. Right? So, and in addition, he is going to be on Survivor, which starts on, what is that? The season August- 37. Yes. Season 37. Really? Oh, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I, I'm not sure He's when that's going to start. Boone the Bounty Hunter. He's got his own movie. I believe it's on Netflix. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, he's, he, and you know what else he's doing? What? He's also, uh, he's not just Johnny Mundo, Morrison, Impact, and Hennigan. He's also Johnny Blackcraft, uh, oh, Black, what? Blackcraft Wrestling. It's a new promotion. Uh, it's related to the, to the clothing and, and lifestyle culture, uh, group of the same name. They're based out of LA here. Yeah. Um, they're starting a wrestling organization. Their first show is called Burning Bridges. It's taking place August 24th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Why Pittsburgh? Uh, because why not? What's wrong with Pittsburgh? Why not LA? Return of Living Dead, man. Come on. Right. Or Night of Living Dead, excuse me. Uh, he's actually going to be, he's going to be facing uh, Johnny Havoc and our LA's own Brody King. Nice. Uh, in the title match on that show. So that should be pretty good. Um, They've also, I mean, they've got guys like Cortez Castro is going to be on the show from Lucha Underground. Uh, Pierre Carlulet, PCO, will be there. So uh, it should be interesting to keep an eye on. I'm, I'm actually, I'm curious to see what Blackcraft Wrestling does, and mm. the merch is very cool looking. I'm just saying. Mm, okay. I'm just saying. Well, hey, uh, we mentioned it earlier in the show, but Jason Jordan is set to return. Uh, if you want to hear more about that, definitely go back to the uh, Raw section where we were talking about Chad Gable, uh, Matt Capitelli. Uh, from Tough Enough 3. This is a sad story, yeah. Uh, is currently battling brain cancer. So he's been battling brain cancer since 2007. It's actually the uh, reason why he had to drop out of, yeah. at the time, Ohio, Ohio Valley Wrestling. He ended up being a trainer for a while. Uh, he he was fighting it for a while. It's, it's oh, I'm going to say this wrong, uh, but it's a type 4 glioblastoma, something like that. It's like one of the most uh, virulent kinds of cancer. Yeah. And he's he's kind of bounced back from it a few times now. Apparently, it's it's at the point where he's they're stopping treatment. Like the wife has 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 tweeted out, they're stopping treatment. They still have a GoFundMe going, 
um, to try and raise support for him, but he's reaching the end, which is really sad because he was he was a really talented guy. So sending out lots of uh, lots of good thoughts if, to him. Uh, and, and if you'd like to contribute, they do still have a GoFundMe going on to help take care of you know ongoing life uh, issues and things like that, but. Uh, you can find that on GoFundMe.com. I think it's .org, maybe, .com. Go f- just search for GoFundMe. You'll find it on there. Uh, in other news, NWA and Ring of Honor, uh, Nick Aldis and Mark Haskins facing off against the Young Bucks at Honor United. Yeah, so we were talking about this where Cody said that Nick Aldis would get a shot at him or that the, 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 the NWA title would be defended at uh, all in in September if Nick Aldis faced the Young Bucks with a partner of his choice at the Ring of Honor show Honor yep. uh, United in the United Kingdom. So Nick Aldis went and found Mark Haskins, which is a great choice. Uh, the guy's got a long history in Dragon Gate, Ring of Honor, and TNA. Uh, that should be a fantastic match. Um, in other NWA news, they're going to have a, a match here in Hollywood on June 10th which is where Aldis is going to face Josephus and Crimson. And the winner there will be the NWA champ that goes and faces Cody. So it's going to be Nick Aldis. I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. it's not going to drop the belt. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't think that uh, Nick Aldis would pick up the belt in the first place. So what do I know? But I'm pretty sure it's going to be Nick Aldis and Cody at all in. Yep. Uh, and it should be a That's great, be a great match. It's going to be a bunch of great matches and it's going to be a really fun road getting there. Uh, to that match at all in. I can only imagine all the social media stuff that's going to happen between now and then. Yeah, and Cody has said he does want to stream all in. He's going to do his damnedest to get that uh, viewable to people who aren't actually there because obviously really? he wants the more people to see it, the merrier. But right now he's you know it's, it's an uphill battle. So yeah, I get that. Fingers crossed. That's an expensive venture, guys. It's yeah, and it's an expensive trip for us Los Angelinos to make it out to Chicago. Uh, especially after spending money for all these new Japan shows that we've been spending money on. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for this week of Busted Wide Open. We are on the downhill slope to money in the bank over in WWE. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Also, you may have noticed our anniversary show did not come out again this week, and there's a reason for that. There's yes. a very good reason for that, which we will hopefully be able to s- discuss when we finally do record it. We're 100% going to record it at the top of next week. We can't wait anymore. we got to do it. Um, just so that everyone who's listening knows where this show is headed and why it's heading headed there, and give you like kind of behind the scenes, pull the curtain look. All good things. All good things. All good. All things. very good. Don't want to scare anybody. Uh, but kind of an explanation and a look behind how the 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 workings of this show, where we're where we're at, and where we want to take this yeah. uh, over the next year and uh, just over the next however many years. Yep. So th- yeah, stick around for that. Come back for that. We will have that up at the beginning of next week and. Hopefully, the reason we've been pushing it back is because we're hoping for some big news. If that does come through, you will hear about it on that show. If it doesn't come through, you'll never hear about it again. Yes. Um, so listen to listen to us next week for that, as well as our regular show, which will, of course, cover WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and anything else we can get our grubby little mitts on. Yes, quick shout out to our Patreon supporters, Lorne, Bibash, Ryan, Andy, and Esther. And thank all you the very rest much. of them, yes. Yes, thank you guys so much. We can, Every dollar counts. If you'd like to support us, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar sign up to do your very own shoot promo right here 
on the podcast with me and Ian. And definitely come over to Facebook and hang out with us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Lots of funny memes, lots of posts, and you get to weigh in on what questions and comments we address throughout the week. Also, give us a follow on Twitter, at BWO Podcast. And if you want to buy some merch to support this show, rock it around, let everybody know that we are your favorite wrestling podcast. Head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store. Pick up a t-shirt, hoodie, phone case, sticker, coffee mug, all that good stuff. You name it. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this show. Whatever podcast app you're on, hit that subscribe button. If there's a place where you can leave a review, leave a review for us. We love getting feedback. Let us know either on the podcast app or in the Busted Wide Open Facebook discussion group. Let us know what we could could do to make this show better for you guys. We are definitely thinking about that uh, every time we make a show. And don't forget to share this with your friends. Let your friends know about this show because we are trying to grow our audience to make it an even bigger community for everyone who loves professional wrestling and sports entertainment. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts. And I, I am Sir. That's a new one, isn't it, buddy? Yes. I am I, Sir I Ian. Threw you a curveball there. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.